listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we're dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you're listening, we hope this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. Actually, God takes care of people that are His, even if they're not concerned with His business. But there's a greater measure of blessing with the ones that get concerned about what He wants, what God wants what he desires, what he's designed you for. There's a greater measure of blessing in that. And if you don't wanna hear what I'm saying, it's probably because you need to hear it the most. There's greater measure of blessing in saying, God, whatever you want, I'll do it. There was a time period in my life in pastoring to where I was obedient, but I wasn't willing. And the Lord sent a a four foot, 10 and a half prophet my way and said, the willing and the obedient will eat the fruit of the land, not just the obedient. And for some people, they're willing, but they're afraid of what they're going to lose. And so they don't ultimately end up in obedience to the Lord. But the Lord says the willing and the obedient, the obedient and the willing, the ones who will do it and do it with a glad heart. Those are the ones that eat the fruit of the land. I want to eat all of what God has to offer me. Everything. One of the most basic, fundamental places that we come to in our, we should come to in our walk with the Lord. As a matter of fact, it should be the very first thing we do. It's Romans 12, 1. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, for this is your reasonable service. It's not your highest call, it's your first call. Sometimes we're saying to the Lord, God, use me, God, use me, God, use me, God, use me, God, use me. I did that for years. And finally, the Lord was like, you need to be usable. Didn't mean I have to clean myself up and make myself a certain way so God would accept me, don't misunderstand me but it was about coming to a place to where I laid myself down and said, God, literally whatever you want, I'm willing to do it. Anything you want, I'll do it. It was scary because I realized that I was going to lose things. Some people are afraid of change, but really more than anything, they're afraid of what they're going to lose if they do change. But when you get this, this mentality, and all I can say is it's like a revelation from heaven. It's a revelation from God to where you realize your life doesn't belong to you anymore. And <laughs> the truth is, is that the life that we have in Christ is so much greater than anything we have in and of ourselves. 
And I, I liken it like this. People get saved, they get changed on the inside, but then they keep going back to the grave where the old man was supposedly dead and buried and they keep digging him up. And you know, after a few times or after a few days, it's like what they said about Lazarus, he stinketh. You might dabble with the old man just for a little bit when you first get saved and he's not too stinky, but after a while, that thing stinks to high heaven. And human beings are just funny like that. And it's like God's called us into this greatness, but yet we still want to hang on to some of, of our old ways because they're comfortable to us. But God didn't call us to be comfortable. He called us to be radical, on fire, passionate, heaven-bound, heaven-minded, in pursuit of the kingdom, in pursuit of what God wants. Am I hitting it here with anybody? I mean, I had a whole message planned out. I actually have like eight messages planned out. And I'm like, I'm down there on my knees. And I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? You're wrecking my service. I didn't, I didn't literally say that. I'm only kidding. I, this is his service. This is his time. You're his people. But I was like, Lord, whatever, whatever you want. I mean, literally, even sometimes in the middle of the service, it's like, Lord, whatever you want. Because when you're leading, it's like you, you, get a, you get a direction. And I know the direction we're going for the next two or three months, things to minister on. But sometimes you got to stop and you got to take a little drink of water and you got to stop at a particular place and eat some particular kinds of food because it's nourishment that you need for the journey that's ahead. And if there is one thing that I could tell you is so important that every person comes to, it's the end of themselves. Because when you find the end of yourself, that's where you will really find relationship with Lord, the Lord. That's where you'll really find the blessing of God. Just coming to the end of yourself. And it's a process. It's a, I say it like this, it's a one-time decision, but it's a continual act. But if you make a commitment in your heart that God, my life literally does not belong to me anymore. I've been dead and I've, been buried with you, and I'm going to stop trying to dig the old man up, but I'm going to continue moving forward with you. God will help you shake off the things in your life that need to be shaken off. It may not happen overnight, but you just make the decision. You make a decision to do it, and nobody can make that decision for you. Here's something else I've, I've come to find out that's really, really important, and I'm on a this is a, maybe a side mission I have with my main mission. I don't know. That's probably not the right way to say it. But this is what I found out, is that a lot of people have been saved. They've come into the kingdom, and they've come in with a mindset of, I'm going in to get blessed. Don't misunderstand me. The greatest place of blessing is in relationship with Jesus. But that shouldn't be why we come to him. We should come to him simply for the fact that he is who he is. And this is why a lot of people get distressed, they get upset, they quit, they get offended, they give up, is because they've got it built in their mind of this particular, particular blessed life that they don't seem to be operating in. And it's like, well, the Jesus thing isn't quite what I thought it was. Well, you're exactly right because you're making it all about you being blessed instead of coming in and just deciding to bless God. Jesus said his, his main, his first and his main message was, if you want to find your life, you first have to lose it. But we've had a, a 
sampling over the years of Christianity that is not lined up with the message that Jesus taught. Because it's been come to Jesus and you're gonna be crazy blessed. Instead, it needs to be come to Jesus because you need him in everything in your life, in every area of your life. There is no other God. You need to be totally sold out and devoted to him and make him Lord over your life in every single area. By the way, when you do that, you will be really, really, really blessed. The blessing is like icing on the cake. It's not the substance. The substance is we don't have anything in and of ourselves, but Jesus has everything. We are not a God, but Jesus is God. Jesus is Lord. If our lives were totally destroyed and we had no blessing naturally, but yet we had a relationship with Jesus, we would still have everything that we need. So this can really be an indicator as to why we get so upset when things don't happen the way that they're supposed to happen. You ever been there before? I've been there probably a little bit this last week, to be honest with you. And that's when I stop and go, wait a second. How, does, how is this compared to eternity and what I have with Jesus? This is nothing. doesn't mean we don't take care of things here on this earth. I'm not saying that. But it helps us see where our perspective is supposed to be. It's, it's not that big a deal. When it comes down to it, our relationship with Jesus is what it is all about. It's what it's always, always been all about. This is a necessity for going to greater measures with the Lord. Every time I, I get new revelation or I have a greater level of manifestation in my life, it never came without me coming to another end to myself in some area that I had been holding on to. And again, human beings just do that. But when we come into the kingdom of God, I likened it like this. I heard a, a story one time and I'll share this with you and then we'll close. That's my first closing, so anyways. But this guy, I heard this guy talk about when he went into, he got drafted into the, the Vietnam War and they came in and they had all these guys that were all different sizes and shapes and colors and everything. And they stripped them all down naked, hosed them off, shaved their heads, and they gave them clothes. And their clothes said GI on them, which meant government issued. And basically they didn't belong to themselves anymore. And you know, when we come into the kingdom of God, I know it's kind of a graphic picture, but when we come into the kingdom of God, it really looks similar to that. I thank God he's a lot nicer than a drill sergeant, but it is very similar to that in the fact that we have this new robe of righteousness. We have these new garments. We have this new attire that God's given us and it says GI on it. It means that we are God issued. We don't belong to us anymore. So whenever we have things don't work right, instead of losing our cool, we go, it's not mine anyways. I don't, I don't even belong. I don't even own me, much less the stuff that I have going on around me. I don't own any of it. None of it's mine. Now I'm a steward over it, but I don't have to get upset if things don't go right because I'm God issued. I belong to him. 
And if God were to tell you to do something and you didn't particularly want to do it because you thought there was better options and there was better ways, but you knew God was telling you, I want you to do this thing, your response is, I'm no longer for me. I'm no longer Kent issued. That person is dead and buried and gone, and I'm not digging him up anymore. I was buried with Christ in the, to the baptism of death, and now I'm going to walk in the newness and the resurrection of the life that he has for me. I'm not going to go back to the old ways of doing things like I thought I was supposed to do. I'm going to walk with the Lord 100%, and I'm, I belong to him. And if he's going to tell me to do something, even if I don't particularly want to do it, I'm going to go ahead and do it anyways. There was a time in ministry where I was fighting those very battles. And it kind of went back to the obedience and the willingness kind of thing. I was obedient. I've always been obedient to God, but I really wasn't very willing. Because I saw in the natural how much money I could make in the business that I was in. I could have made a lot of money. And I find, it was like I finally got good enough and had the clients and everything. I could have rocked that puppy out, man. I could have been. And part of me was like, man, because my heart was like, God, I, I want to bless you and I want to bless your kingdom and all that stuff. And so part of my thinking was like, you know, I could just make a lot of money and I could, I could bless people because I'm not, Liz and I aren't stingy. We love to give. And I'm like, God, here you got a, a giver. If I could just go and do this thing. He's like, wait a second, who do you belong to? Do you belong to you or do you belong to me? And it's like, well, I mean, technically, I guess when I got born again, I really was saying my life doesn't belong to me anymore. It belongs to you. And so basically he was like, well, be quiet and do what I'm telling you to do. <laughs> Amen. And you know, I'm so glad I did it because we are so, it's more, it's more fun to be blessed God's way than to be blessed your way. It's not about the dollars and the cents, but it's about watching God provide for you when he says, do this thing and you do it and then you see God come through. That is what you call fun. But you don't have God's kind of fun without faith first. And sometimes faith is a little bit scary because you're stepping out where he's telling you to step out and it feels like what happens if this doesn't work? That's a real thought that people think. I've had those thoughts. But when God says to do something, you don't have to worry about whether it's going to work or not. Because even if you mess up what God's telling you to do, his grace is sufficient and you will find your provision in that place that God has called you in. So even if you totally ruin it, he'd be like, no big deal. You're doing what I'm asking you to do. And I already knew you were going to mess up and there's already provision there because I knew you were going to mess up and so everything's going to be okay. That's a fun place to be at. You know how many times I've, I've messed up as a pastor? Don't anyone raise your hand or don't say anything? <laughs> I'm like the Mary Poppins of pastoring. Practically perfect in every way. <laughs> the Holy Ghost speaks from the front row. But you know what? It doesn't matter. And that's not to say that we don't try to do things better as we go forward. We should always be learning and growing and trying to do things better. But it didn't matter whether I messed up or not. It doesn't matter whether you know how to do something or not. All that matters is, are you willing to lay your life down and be a living sacrifice for him? Are you willing to come to a place to say, God, I don't care about what I wanted. I'm going after what you want. And most of the time when people, when they, when they think that they hear something like that, it's like, all right, Jesus, I'm going to do it. And they think about this huge ministry. They think about all these things. And God could have, 
those things in plan for you. You could have this big business venture. You could have, you could start a huge ministry. You could be a church plant somewhere. You could write a, a, a million books. Well, there'd be a lot of books, but you could write a bunch of books. You could do all kinds of things. But what God wants very first before you have that is just you. He just wants you to come to a place where you say, Father, it's all yours. I'll do anything you want me to do. Whatever it is, I'll do anything you want me to do, God. My life no longer belongs to me. It belongs to you 100%. That's really simple, but it's the most important thing. The next verse in Romans chapter 12 and in verse two. So the first verse is, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. It's the reasonable thing to do as a believer, to say, I'm done with me. And it's all about you. The next verse goes on to say, do not be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. End result, perfect will of God. First step, I'm done with me and I belong to you 100%, Jesus. You can't move on to step two, three, four, five, six, or seven and get the end result without doing step one. It's a prerequisite for having God's blessing, for having God's will work in your life. Because what I've found, and I've done this many times, be in a room full of people and say, who in here wants to, and don't anyone raise your hand, who in here wants to see God's will come to pass in your life? And I can ask that question and every hand will go up. Probably even some people that aren't even believers would say, yeah, I want God's best in my life. But if I say, who in here wants to make a total dedication, 100%, lay it all on the line, lay it all out, totally throw your old man away, have nothing to do with it, and totally be surrendered to follow Jesus in everything in your life, your job, your marriage, your thought life, everything about you, be totally devoted to Jesus. And you get about a fraction of the, of the same people. But what we haven't understood is that you can't have one without the other. You can have a measure of success, but it won't be God's success. Because God's success only comes one way, and it's his way. Because in Joshua, he talks about that when you, it says that this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may have or do all that it says that is written in it, so that you will make your way prosperous, and that you will have good success. Or you could say God's success because you're saying and you're in agreement with what God says. If you can have good success, you can have bad success. You know what bad success is? It's not natural failure. It's doing good without God. Oh, somebody help me. <laughs> it's doing something really good and beneficial, but you never had God involved with your plans. That's the worst thing you could ever do. Because now when you get to the end of your life and everything you did, all of your works that are set on the altar and that which is of wood, hand, stubble, which is of man is going to be burnt up and won't be there anymore. Everything that's of gold, silver, and precious stones will remain. You know what that's talking about? Everything that you did outside of God's will won't remain. Everything you did inside of God's will, that will remain. 
Because if you're building with God, you're building for eternity. If you're building for yourself, you're only building as far as your life is on this earth. How do you measure 70, 80, 90, 100, 110, or 120 years, depending on how long you want to live, I guess? How do you measure that to eternity? You can't measure it to eternity. When we think in terms of eternity, when you really get a hold of eternity or eternity gets on the inside of you, it will change you from the inside out to where you'll go, oh my God, I can't live for myself anymore. I can't go on doing what I'm doing without having God not just even threaded through my life, but being the very substance of everything that my life is about. Because I don't know about you, but I really believe the word of God. I mean, I really believe it with everything in me. I don't believe anything more than what the word of God says. And when it says that when I build with my stuff, that it's all going to be burned up. But if I build with him, then it's going to last for eternity. I believe that. And so I've just made the decision, God, I'm going to build with you. And you know how you do that? You come back every day and you say, God, my life isn't, isn't mine, it's yours. It belongs to you. Whatever you want, whoever you want me to be around, whoever you want me to be tied with, whatever people you want me to join in with, God, whatever gift you want me to give, whatever thing you want me to do, whatever song you want me to sing, whatever business you want me to start, because that's where the blessing is. That's where the longevity is. That's where I'm touching heaven. And that's where heaven is able to touch the earth. This is a hard message for older people. It's an easy message for younger people. Because younger people can go, whoa, yeah, I want that. And like Aubrey was singing earlier, we want a history with you, God. We want to be able to go back and say the last five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, it's been with you. But when you get older and you've not come to this place, it can be really hard to go, God, I had years that I really wasn't devoted to you. Guess what? God is so merciful and so gracious. It says that he, that all things, because of him, all things will work together. He didn't cause all things, but all things will work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So whether you're two or you're 200, that would cover every person on the earth. Amen. It's not how you started. It's how you finish. It's how you come to the place to say, I'm totally done with me, 100%. And some of you might be thinking, this seems like a really elementary message for people that have just been basking in the presence of God like this. Listen, I know human flesh. I have to live in it every single day. And I don't mean to compare you to me, but I just know how we are sometimes. And sometimes we get so wrapped up in things that aren't worth being wrapped up in. How does it measure to the kingdom? How does it measure to what God says? How does it measure to what God wants? You say, I don't know what God wants. Then get a revelation of what God wants. And when you get a revelation of what God wants, you won't care about the, the other things so much anymore. Don't misunderstand me. I know we have to take care of our kids and our homes and, and work. I get all that stuff. But how does it measure up? How does what we're doing measure up to what he's telling us to do? And you say, well, I'm working in a business, but God told me to do this thing over here. Well, don't just quit your business and run and do something else. Just stay submitted to the Lord and God will help you navigate those things to cause them to all work out for the direction that he wants your life to go. You don't have to be weird and do some things that, that God doesn't want you to do outside of the timing of where you're at and this, that, and the other. But you just start on the process of saying, God, everything belongs to you. Literally, my every day belongs to you. 
I'm emphatically saying this. You're like, you keep saying the same thing. I know. Repetition is our friend. My high school musical director used to say that. Repetition is your friend. We sing the same song 400 times. You know, what's funny is we can sing the same song so many times in church, and everyone's like, "Woo, man, I love that. Woo, feel the Holy Ghost. If I say the same thing three times in a row, they're like, yeah, yeah, we know. You said that already. Well, come on now. Isn't it the same principle? You hear something, you continue hearing it, you continue hearing it, continue hearing it, and when you get a hold of it enough, then you speak it, then you speak it, then you speak it, then you speak it, because faith comes by hearing and 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 hearing from your mouth, which is lined up with God's mouth, and when you line those up together, you're in true Bible faith and you'll get the Bible results that you need. And so if you're in a place where you're like, dude, my life is so out of control and I'm just doing stuff that I want to do, then you need to stop speaking like that and you need to start saying, my life is in control. God's given me control. That rubs some people the wrong way. God's in control. I'm not going to go down that track. That would take too long. Listen, you can make decisions in your own life. Come on now. I'm not going back. That's too elementary. I'm not going back there right today. You are the one who can make decisions in your own life. I say it like this, God's in charge, but you're in control. He really is in charge. He's number one. He's the king. He's the captain, all that stuff. But you're the one who ultimately is in control of what you do with your life. You can go this way. You can go that way. You can go backwards. You can do whatever. Make the decision to go God's way. And how do you do that? How do you change when you're on a course and it's not going the right direction? How do you change? Listen to me, and I'm going to stop with this. Second closing. I'm going to stop with this. I really am. Maybe. How do you change the direction? Change what you're saying. Say what you want to see. If you want to see a life that's totally surrendered, start to say, thank you, Jesus, that my life is totally surrendered. Thank you, Jesus, that my life belongs to you. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm not going to live for myself anymore. Thank you, Jesus, that I am the righteousness of God. Thank you, Jesus, that you've made me holy. Some people struggle with living right and doing holy things and stuff. You know how you change that? Stop confessing how wrong you're doing and start confessing how right you are in Christ. And before you know it, you'll manifest outward who you really are on the inside. You have to see yourself different. The only way you can see yourself different is to say what God says. And once you say what God says long enough, eventually you go to believing it. And when you believe it, that's when you'll act on it. That's when you'll see it. That's when it will manifest in your life. Amen. Man, this is really, this is like, this is like, this could go on the internet and could be like a subtitle of like the greatest message of 2020. Some of y'all didn't like that very much. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is the greatest message you could ever hear in your life. Because if you could get a hold of the idea of laying self down, everything else will just work. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the other things will be added to you. Sometimes we get so like, Tense, like, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and I want this to work out. And a lot of it comes from a good heart, but we're trying to force something that God's just saying, look, trust me, 
lay your life down to me, and then everything will just work out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just stand? I just want to bless you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you. For your presence. And Father, I thank you for the drawing of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for that you've just found people that are, will be obedient to you, that will say yes to you. And we don't make anything about ourselves, we make it all about you, Jesus. And I pray that a when I was praying this earlier, I didn't even know what I was going to share. God, I just followed you. But I pray again that there's a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we would get a hold of this. Because God, you use people and you can't use people that aren't usable. And what it means to be usable isn't to be all perfect, but it just means to say, God, here I am. David did some of the most ridiculous things of any person in the Bible, but he was one of the most mighty men of God that ever lived. And it's because he kept himself before you. He was quick to repent and quick to come back to the place of saying, God, I need you. God, I need you. I need you, Jesus. I just want everybody to pray this with me. Jesus, my life belongs to you. It doesn't belong to me. I love you. And I thank you for loving me. And I thank you that that won't change. Ever. But I'm going to give. I am giving. Every single part of my life. To you, Jesus. I'm not holding anything back. Everything belongs to you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we're making a difference, visit ociperryville.com.